Are you feeling out of your depth attempting to parent your child's online world? Parenting in Cyberspace is brought to you by Parentline and the Queensland Government. This season talks about supporting young people's online well-being and experiences with cyberbullying. In this episode of the Parenting in Cyberspace podcast, I'm going to be joined by Kim Harper, who you'll be familiar with from the roundups in all of our previous episodes this season. We're going to be reflecting on some of the biggest things that we've learned throughout the recording of this podcast and share some additional tips and tricks with you that you can take away in parenting your children and young people. Kim, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me again. For me, when I sat down to reflect on recording all of these episodes and interviewing all of the amazing guests that we've had on the podcast this season, one of my original intentions of this podcast was that it would take away that added layer of complexity when it comes to parenting children in the modern world where their lives are partially online and partially offline and how complex that can be sometimes to understand when we haven't grown up in a world where online or devices are life, as was mentioned throughout this podcast. And for me, one of the things that I really wanted people to get out of it was to was that whether they were a parent who is a tech guru, has all of the new devices, knows absolutely everything about being online, or whether they're someone who isn't as familiar with the online world, I wanted people to get out of it that having conversations around their children's online world isn't that different to having conversations about anything else that their children are doing. It's just having a conversation about their life and it doesn't need to be super complex or super scary. But I think upon listening to all of these episodes, it's highlighted to me that it's not just about taking away that added layer of complexity. What it really all seems to come back to is the parent-child relationship and how that is actually what is paramount, whether the child is experiencing cyberbullying or whether they are experiencing some other kind of issue in their life, the parent-child relationship is what it comes back to. Absolutely. It's interesting. I think as someone that works consistently within the parent-child relationship, it was really great for me to learn a lot of things from what I heard as well. Like I'm not an online expert at my age. I don't understand half the things that are going on in cyberspace, but it was really apparent that there are many places and many experts out there that you can get information. And I think that itself and knowing that kind of stuff actually empowers parents as well. We've spoken a bit about how adding that extra layer, that can add anxiety to a normal conversation. So learning about it, knowing where to get help, hopefully decreases some of that anxiety and it does become more of a just a day-to-day conversation because that's what we want. That's what it is. So like my kind of big takeaway is, is always going to be how do you bring it back to the relationship between you and your child? How do we make ourselves a safe space for our children to come to 
when they need us? How do we maintain a safe space that we can then empower them to make decisions around their life? How that's going to look, of course, is going to be dependent upon the age of our children. What our role within that exchange is going to change dependent on the age of our child and also dependent on uh, the situation that they might be dealing with. Our children's safety is always going to be paramount and there's always going to be a situation where as a parent we have to make a really clear decision that might go against our children's wishes based on, on, on their safety and their well-being. However, if we can navigate a space where we can have conversations that we feel okay as a parent to say, I don't know, like I don't know what, what we need to do here but I do know that we're going to do it together together. Anything that is solidifying that connection and that relationship with our kids is always going to be an extremely good thing. That ties in really well to one of the things that I have learned and reflected a lot on through doing this podcast, which is the idea that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to admit them to our children when they happen. Yeah, I think it's incredibly important to admit them. Absolutely. And I, it was, I think, Fern who highlighted it first that they wanted their parents to be able to say, I don't have the answer or I'm really sorry, but I did make a mistake and actually acknowledge those things. And for them, that would have helped increase that parent-child relationship. So kind of learning from that, I think that it's important to emphasise that point of it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn from them and admit them to our children because they'll probably respond really well to that. And it's okay to not be the person to fix it. I think that's another really, really big one as well. I think parents instantly want to, like nothing will trigger us more so than our children being in distress. We are, we are going to get triggered by that. It's going to be a really difficult thing to do. And, and a lot of the times we just want to fix it. We want to fix them because we love them and we don't want them to be in distress. And that's not always our role in these situations, especially when our kids are a little bit older. Our role is to ask them what they need. What do you need? What can I do? Whatever you need, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here for you. And if you don't know, then we'll, we'll figure it out together. It has also been highlighted throughout this podcast that, that it's important to understand that as children get older, it is more of a supporting role. It's no longer a lead role necessarily. No, they're no longer the main character, the parents in this scenario. Definitely the kids are. And, and like you said earlier, this is no different to any other thing that they're doing at that point in time. You know, teenagers are meant to come to us less. Our, I think I said it in one of the early episodes, our role is to create and support and to nurture our children into independent, kind, resilient adults. That is our role. So they will need us less and we want them to be able to tell us when they need us. I think that ties in really well to something that you were saying earlier, which is helping our children to understand that we're a safe space to come to if they're having any kind of issues, whether it's bullying, whether it's cyberbullying, whether it's something else. And for me, something that I think is really important to highlight and that we've spoken to a number of the guests about throughout this season is starting these conversations early and starting them not just about bullying or cyberbullying, but having conversations just around what they're doing online. What's their favourite game to play online? What's their favourite app? Are they being creative on these apps? Are they 
watching videos, if they are watching videos, what's their favourite thing that they've seen this week? I think starting conversations around things that aren't necessarily going to trigger those big emotional responses from both us and our children, so things like bullying and cyberbullying, can really help us to understand what it is that they enjoy about their online world, but then also helps them to understand that they can come and talk to us about anything that's happening online and we're not going to judge them, we're not going to take their phones away from them, we're not going to criticise, they're not going to get into trouble and it can really help reduce that fear that we've spoken about quite extensively throughout this podcast too. A couple of points from that that I think are really important in that, you know, when you talk about starting this stuff young, that's that's what main, that's what builds really positive relationships. When we think about the friends that we choose, it's because we like them. It's because we talk to them. It's because we have fun with them. It's because we take an interest in what they're interested in. We try to find things that we have in common. Our kids are no different. And so the younger that we do that and, and then you know, the more we do that and the more enjoyment and the more trust that's built, just like any relationship within our life as well. Another thing I think is a really good question for parents to ask themselves, why wouldn't your child bring something to you? And a lot of the, like a lot of the things that you just kind of, you know, went through the list when you said, you know, they may be embarrassed, they may be ashamed, they may be, you know, scared of judgment, they may be scared, you know, they may be ashamed of what has happened or embarrassed or, you know, but we want to kind of ask ourselves, what do I think the potential blocks from my child's perspective are that they wouldn't come and bring something important to me? And then maybe that's a really good place to start having a conversation before anything specific kind of comes up. That's a that's a good conversation to start with. Definitely. And I guess as like a bit of a kind of example of that is if you think that the block is that your child might be scared of their device being taken away from them if they come to you in any of these kinds of situations, sitting down and having a conversation, not saying, you know, do you think I'm going to take your phone away from you? But starting a conversation around, well, these, what situations do you think it would be fair for your device to be taken away from you? And when should that be a natural consequence of something that's happened for you? And so giving them really clear ideas and an understanding around in what situation is that going to be the consequence? And that's being proactive. And again, having conversations like that builds trust. It builds connection. And it's really good because it's being proactive and not reactive. Because a lot of the time when we're being re reactive, there's also a level of kind of emotionality in there too. And so being proactive about these conversations before things happen makes it so much easier when they need to bring things to us. I think as well something that I would add to that, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, but it's around learning from our children. They really are experts in the online world. They're the first generation to grow up probably knowing what a mobile device is from since they were born almost. So they really are little experts when it comes to everything that's going on online. They have such a deep understanding of how devices work, how different social media platforms work, how various games and things work. I think it's therefore really important to acknowledge that 
and acknowledge their expertise in this area and ask them questions around, well, could you tell me a little bit about what this app is? Tell me a little bit more about this social movement that's happening online. Tell me more about this particular type of comment that's going around. I think that that can be a really great opportunity for connection. Definitely. And it's interesting. Another another question that parents can ask, especially because of that unknown, like I've said previously, may give us that sense of anxiety. Another question can, that you can ask is, why shouldn't I be worried about this? And then they can actually explain it because, you know, we don't, like, I don't know. I've made that very clear. But I know that every now and again, because of that unknown or because of its previous experience, maybe a parent has had a previous bad negative experience online as well, but they might get an instant kind of flood of negative emotions and the child might be going, it's not that bad, mum. Then then help me understand why, why I don't need to be worried. I can't undersell the importance of asking our children to explain things like that. I think not to get too developmental psychology or anything in this conversation, but I think that asking children and young people to explain their decision-making or to explain why we shouldn't be worried about a particular thing really encourages them to use critical thinking skills. It encourages them to use logical reasoning comprehension skills and to be able to voice and advocate for themselves. Absolutely. And and I guess from, from my perspective, it shows that we trust them. It brings the parent and child together closer. So there's really, you know, positives. But, you know, in that space, we, we, we do have to show some trust towards them. And I guess as a final thought, the one thing I really, really want to hit home is how important a parent is in this right? So you are still incredibly important. You are the most important person to your child. We don't want to undersell your your role in this as well. So how important it is to look after your well-being as well, to, for you to get support. It is going to be hard. It has the, well, it definitely has the potential to be really hard conversations and it has the potential to be emotional and, and parents in that space for us to be, you know, the best parent that we want to be and to be able to have that ability to give our kids what they need from us. We need to look after ourselves first and foremost. You've spoken to a range of amazing services and people that we can get advice about, but even just kind of giving parent places like Parentline a call, we have counsellors there to support you through those kind of hard conversations or utilising your really good friends, family, just not understanding that you don't have to go through this alone as well. If you're supporting your child, then you have the right to have some hands kind of holding you in, in place as well. I couldn't agree more, Kim. I think it's so important to recognise the age-old kind of thing of it really takes a village to raise a child. And it's important, and I think this was something that Archie talked about in the episode where I interviewed him, you know, it's really important for children to have a safety net of trusted adults. Likewise, I think it's really important for parents to have a safety net of trusted adults, people who are paid and unpaid professionals that they can speak to about various different things. And those people, like Archie was saying, aren't going to be the same for different things. So for a question about, you know, your own emotional needs or if your child is experiencing bullying or cyberbullying, maybe that's better asked of a counsellor like someone at Parentline. But if you are trying to find the best, you know, red wine, that maybe is a question for one of your friends or family members. So I think that that is a really great and important takeaway is 
you and your children both deserve support and it is available and out there for you. I've had such an incredible time interviewing all of the different people for this podcast and putting it together and learning so much from all of those people and those services. And I really hope that you, our listeners, have learned something or a number of things from these episodes as well. And I just want to say a huge thank you for listening to this season of the Parenting in Cyberspace podcast. Please do check out the show notes from each of the episodes. There's information, there's links to the various services. And if you have any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to email cyberbullying at parentline.com.au or contact Parentline on 1300 30 1300. To find out more about anything we've discussed on today's episode, access free resources or get in touch with the show, please visit parentline.com.au and hit the cyberbullying tab. If you'd like to talk privately with a professional counsellor, please call Parentline on 1300 30 1300 or visit parentline.com.au to chat to us online.